Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. We got Jason Theobald, fresh off his trip to the Olympia, back in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much, man. Doing pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. We've uh, we've got a good show lined up today. This is going to be fun. This is going to be something a little bit different and something we're going to do new for 2021. You know, we had our very first year. We launched back in December of, let's see, 19. So we're, we're really kind of celebrating a year. We're almost to 52 episodes, but we're going to do things a little bit differently in 2021. And we're kind of ending the year with something fun. We're going to have a, uh, a Q&A with a bunch of coaches that we know, some really good coaches that have either been to our seminars or, or they work with you, and, and they're just really good coaches. So we're going to have fun on the show today, man. It's going to be, going to be something different. Sounds Tell good to me. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your week. What's new with you? We'll, we'll get our normal stuff out of the way, and then we'll get into these questions. Uh, so let's see. I mean, I just got back from the Olympia. Um, uh, you know, it was, it was cool. I saw, as I was telling you guys, I saw um, the Open 212s prejudging. I saw Open Figure prejudging and Open Women's Physique. Uh, well, Women's Physique prejudging. Um, it was you know, pretty interesting to see that many good physiques, you know, just marching out, you know, there's no weak physiques. Um, it's pretty motivating, you know, it's lit a fire under me. I mean, I'm always, uh, ready to go, um, and try to get there myself, but even though I didn't see classic physique, um, it still did the same. 212 was really impressive. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm a bodybuilder at heart, even though I'm a classic. I mean, I started as a bodybuilder. I've always was a bodybuilder. Um, so it was good. The venue was great. Uh, probably the biggest hotel I've ever seen in my life. Orlando has a lot to offer around that hotel. Great steak restaurants, great sushi. Um, there was just a lot of cool things to see and do. Um, took a visit to Cocoa Beach for the day on Saturday. Um, I just, you know, it was, you could have spent another 200 or plus on a ticket, you know, for prejudging a night and $400 deep or, go kind of see something else. And so I just kind of opted for that. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of the sport, but I'm, I'm more of a fan of personal growth and what it does for me rather than having to see everything while I'm there. I've just always kind of been that way. I'm not really a fanboy of anyone. Um, and so, you know, once I saw my clients and Trish did great, I went for Trish Wood. It was her first Olympia ever. Um, you know, she looked good. She peaked well and she was happy. And once you kind of get up on a stage like that, even though she's one of the best in the world, you can still see weaknesses. And as soon as she off stage, we knew what she needed to work on. And she'd already talked to Sandy and she literally said the same thing. So, um, it really does help you kind of get a measuring stick. So here, here's, here's my question for you. Um, because I, I know the way it is. I, you know me, I go to so many shows for my clients because they're local here. A lot of NMBF natural shows. So it's real easy for me to jump in the car and drive four or five hours. So I see a lot of them on stage. How different was it for you to be able to see her on stage with your own eyes versus seeing results and pictures and stuff like that? Were you able to really dial in on what you guys need to do a little bit? Well, better? you are because again, um, when someone stands alone by themselves, you know, if you have an impressive physique and anyone that gets to that level, hell, if you're an IFB pro, you have an impressive physique. When you stand by yourself, you look damn good. 
Um, but when you get next to people, maybe you're narrow here or maybe you're lacking here and it really steps out. So when you get next to the best in the world, um, it's pretty easy to look and say, oh, well, here's the issue. So uh, it definitely gave us a new eye and perspective. Um, she was welcome to hear the criticism and smiling ear to ear to be on that stage, um, which is really cool. Um, and I don't, and I, and, and that's the way I would be as well. Um, but she also had a fire lit under her to kind of, you know, keep getting better. So that's just kind of the nature of being a champ in the sport. Yeah. How's the rest of your, uh, rest of your week? How's the rest of your year look pretty chill and relaxed? Or no, you lined it's up? not chill. I've had, uh, four new signups. I had two come in while I was gone. Uh, one come in today. I'm still sitting on one that came in last week. So I'll be working late tonight. Um, used to. I feel like back in the day, a lot of people would just not check in the two weeks coming up to Christmas and New Year's. And so, you know, my inbox would be like, I'd have four emails. I was swamped today. Like no one seems like they took a break. So it just seems like I have a lot more serious clients now. And that's, that's a good thing, but it also means that I really don't have a downtime. And once January hits, it's just going to be balls to the wall with, you know, new people wanting to get ready for shows and everything like that. So um, I'm not complaining. I'm just, it, it's been a stressful day because trying to get back in to the swing of things after you take three days, pretty much away from, from emails and check-ins. Um, I had a lot of emails just to answer that were questions. You know what I mean? They weren't check-ins, right. just questions. And then you have to get to all the check-ins. So no, I'm not getting a lighter day and I really don't anticipate a lighter week, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, it's kind of the nature of the beast. And so, um, you don't complain, you just knock it out and get, get through it. Yeah. I know we, we had a, a pretty big year. So I, I went ahead and took these next fucking two weeks off. I was burnt fried, but I mean, you, you've probably seen my social, like I've been on the road, we're in 15 locations now with fat muscle and I go pick our stuff up, deliver it to stores. And I'm really just drinking way too many of these and on the road all the time. And I'm fried. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm literally going to go ahead and take two weeks off from client emails and send them up. Now someone's prepping. I didn't take time off of that person because I, I still need to see their check-ins, but gen pop and stuff like that. I took the two weeks off and um, I haven't really done that before. I've taken a week off here and there, but not two weeks. So I'm going to, I'm going to see how that feels. I, I expect to be pretty recharged and you know, January, I've got three new products coming out. Um, one of them is a carnitine product. I'm pretty, pretty excited for that. We've been working on and some new stuff. So other than that, man, that's, that's what's when that's what's new with us this week. Um, just, finishing up the year it's been a great six months man it's exciting business is up all around so can't can't complain with it being a weird fucking year yeah been a weird year so here let me go ahead and kick this off the right way speaking of drinking too much we got to do this the right way and i need some caffeine so what we're going to do is is just go around a horn here what i'm going to ask you guys we've got you know a great lineup of coaches that are going to ask us some questions and we're just going to go around the horn. So whenever I, I call your name, just go ahead and let people know who you are, where you're from, and what your coaching business is. And then uh, we'll start with questions. So, Mary, let's start with you. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Meredith Pachi. I'm actually from South Carolina, um, but I am located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Um, and my coaching is actually with Scoopy Prop. So I am with uh, Jason, Jesse, and Brendan, which are on today. Um, my first question uh, for you guys is going to be in regard to your coaching business. I know you'll have supplements and other things, but it's going to be regard to your coaching business is where do you see that or where do you want that to be in regard to the coaches that are under you, which is us 
in the next year? Because I know bringing us on board, there was a reason and rationale for that. And it's to reach others and expand. So where do y'all see that going? I know, Jason, you had some classes um, that you had mentioned loading us on uh, with the hybrid um, coaching. So what do y'all want your coaching business to look like a year from now? Jason, I think that's a perfect one for you to kick off, man. You got, you got three people here with Scooby prep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my goal is to obviously educate and bring people on that can help others. And I got to the point where um, I was spread too thin and I can't help everybody, but you know, I'm also one of those people that have a hard time saying no. Um, So it got to the point where I was way too stressed out um, not being able to help everyone. And so I, you know, it, it felt like it was time for me to scale. And so what I anticipate in the next year is Scooby prep to be about 10 coaches strong. I think that's a good number. And I want a diverse group of people, um, you know, people that are excel in prep, people that excel in helping others who have hormonal problems people that are really good with general nutrition and being able to walk people through labels and start from scratch because I am not good at everything. Um, I'm definitely, you know, generally not good with the very beginners. Um, but why turn them away from Scooby prep when I can basically handpick the best and bring that type of person on. So for me, it's going to be 10 people strong. Um, you know, coaches that are able to do it all and um, kind of offer a full line service um, so that really service doesn't lack. Um, I didn't want that to fall off. And so it was time. So um, that's really where I see things in a year. I know coming in January, I'm going to have a call with you all. You all can pick my brain. I think that's going to help a lot. And I'm going to start trying to do those more often. Um, you know, I think mayor, you kind of took the bull by the horns on that and helped me organize that. Cause I'm, you know, busy over here and, you know, I'll probably rely on you a little bit for that again, to set up, you know, a February and a March as we go down the line. Um, but yeah, you know, I just want to have the, the best group of coaches I can. And I just got sick of turning people away. And I also worried about bringing on too many people, um, under me and not be able to give the service that was required. So, um, that's kind of where I see things in, in a year. Yeah, that's, that's, and I love the way that you guys are doing it because you're doing it the right way. And, and it's actually not easy to do. I ran into some issues. We used to have five coaches work for us when we were just busy balls to the wall, just coaching. It's before I had the gyms or fat muscle, or even the physique summit, we had five coaches and you know, they all did a great job. And I know some of them listen to this, but you know, at some point it, it just got to, to where, you know, my standards are really, really high. And I would get some emails here and there about things not going the right way. And it just, for me, it just wasn't my passion to try and grow something like that. And you need the right people. And that's why I love the way you guys are doing it because you're doing it the right way. And it can definitely be done. It's just something that I wasn't super passionate about. So it's cool for me to watch you guys kind of do that. Um, It's just not something I'm going to devote my time into. My time is going to be spread into other things like, the seminars and the podcast and stuff like that. And my next book is, is almost finished that, you know, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. So I'm not really trying to grow my coaching business, but it's always, I think what our listeners need to understand is our coaching business, Jason, you probably agree with me on this. It's the standard. It's the base of everything that's allowed us to do all these other things, supplement companies, 
um, classes, conferences, writing books, you know, all of that stuff has stemmed from having a coaching base. And I know there's a lot of coaches out there. They want to do all these other things to create, you know, other revenue streams, but they don't have a coaching base built yet. And, you know, my coaching base, I'll never let that go away. I've seen a lot of other coaches get successful and their coaching base starts to dwindle because they raise their prices so high. And then they ended up losing everything because they lost their fucking coaching base. So I'll always keep mine high. I like to keep right around 80 to 100 clients. And that's really good money. Um, but I'm not going to try and grow it and scale it. All my efforts going to be put to especially fat muscle right now with the supplement company. So um, that's that's kind of where I'm at. But I love what you guys are doing. And that's that's cool because you don't see a lot of companies do what you guys are doing, especially when you tie it into new ethics. And that's when you start helping out massive amounts of people when you have the right coaches in place. That's, that's when something gets big. So that's kind of cool to watch. That's a great question. Next up, we've got uh, Brennan. Man, go ahead and let everybody know a little bit about you and, and your first question. Yeah, so my name is uh, Brennan Kirchner. I am a coach with Scooby Prep. I've been coaching under Jay for probably – about five years now, I think. Yeah, about six, five, six years. Um, I'm more general pop. Um, I do first-time competitors. I've probably had five or six people compete. So, um, but again, kind of like Jay said, he's you know he's bringing on people that can oversee some of those more newcomers when it comes to macros and stuff like that. Um, so that's mainly what I do. I'm based out of Fort Thomas, Kentucky, so also like 15 minutes from Jason. Um, so get to train with Jay every once in a while, which is awesome. Good friends. Um, question wise, this, this one, um, cause I, I deal with it a decent amount when people uh, reach out to me and want to start coach or getting coached. And I'm sure you guys run into this too. Um, it's everyone wants to jump straight into competing. Um, even if they don't really know much. So how important is it? to build a foundation. And I don't just mean physically. Um, I think mentally too, kind of knowing the ins and outs of what it takes to go into a prep. Um, how important is that do you think to kind of make people take a step back and be like, Hey, hold on, let's learn the process. Let's get more into the lifestyle before just throwing you into a prep or getting on stage. Yeah. Jason, you're the OG man. You've been doing this a year, year or two longer than I have, man. Why don't you kick that off? You know, I always find out like what is someone's training history. I look at the physique. Um, I look at their experience with dieting and you know, you can almost look at a physique and know whether they're ready. So I, I get pictures right away. So if someone comes to me and says, Oh, I'm really new at this, but at this a year, I'm I, right away. I want to see a pictures because when I was at it for a year, I couldn't even sniff the stage, but now we got bikini. We've got different divisions where some people, because they're just naturally mesomorphic built people, they could potentially compete. So if the pictures line up, even though they only have a year of training, then it's, well, how healthy are you? Are you, where are your calories at? And if they're like, oh, they're at 1200. Nope. You can't compete. Well, yeah. uh, you know, do you, are you sleeping? Okay. No. Well, you're not going into prep either. You know, are, are you having regular bowel movements? No, like two or three times a week, but the doctor said that was okay. Nope. You're not going into prep either. So I start checking off boxes after I look at the physique on health and where their caloric intake is. And I'll be honest with you anymore. Um, 
rather than, you know, even if someone comes to me, they just want to diet, even though they maybe not even for the stage, nine out of 10 calories are going up before they can ever diet with me. And so I like to get all those uh, pieces of info in. If someone kind of says, yeah, I've been at this a year before I even let them hire me because I want them to know what they're getting into with me uh, and doing it the right way. And if they want to go do it the wrong way, then they can go pay someone to go ahead and do that. Um, but then they won't say, well, I've hired you now and now you're not going to cut me. So that's kind of how my logic system goes. There are a few outliners that can hop in, assuming that health is in the right place, calories in the right place and the muscle tissues there. So that's kind of how my brain goes on that question and how I attack it. I know one thing too is, is being successful doing this over a decade. One of the things I learned early on was the success about someone making it to stage all stems from all those things Jason just talked about all the feedback that you get about them, like their dieting history, their training history and all that stuff dictates what they're going to look like when they actually get to stage. So, you know, back when I first started, I always thought, shit, I just need to grab every client I can. But I quickly learned when I started grabbing clients that had bad metabolic capacity or they had a lot of these issues and I couldn't get them to stage and they didn't look as lean as they did, then it started making me look like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I quickly got really, really uh, picky and I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring on a female that needed to lose 50 pounds or someone that was only eating 1200 calories, like Jason said. So I got really picky and I turned them away, but my quality of clients getting on stage went up because I was able to get them the results that they wanted. And that drove my business like crazy. And it was really because I became picky and it all comes from that client questionnaire form that, that I send out. So that was something that I picked up on really early. And then the other thing too, the and I think it's important that we talk about the conversation that we have to have with people because I remember, well, shit, when I worked with Jason in 2008, 2009, I was the guy that needed to not be dieting for shows. I was 155 pounds at five foot 10 natty and I needed to take the time. So a lot of people get enamored with stage and dieting and they just want to be up there. So the conversation I have with them is like, Hey, listen, give me a year. We want you to look like a bodybuilder before you even step on stage. And I work with a lot of natty athletes. So that's always my feedback to them is you need to look like a bodybuilder before you get on stage. You need to look like one in the off season. It doesn't mean you have to have abs or anything, but you need to look like you lift, especially if you're natural. So that's, that's kind of my, my feedback on that, on that question. It's a good topic. I mean, we could spend a lot of time on that. Jason, did you have anything else to add there? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Good, good question there, Brennan. Uh, Kyle, go ahead, man. Let everybody, let everybody know where you're from, a little bit about your business and your question. Hey, John, thanks for having me. Um, I'm from Springfield, Missouri, right here with you. And, uh, I do personal training, online coaching, workout programming, pretty much all of it. Um, so, uh, this question is a lot of clients I get, um, are a little bit older. And so they come to me and they always hold their arm out and say, how do I get rid of this spot right here? And they jiggle underneath their arm. And so then I have to have the conversation of, well, you can't really, uh, burn fat in one area. So my question is, how do you guys explain that to people? And then part two of that question is, is it true that once you lose stubborn fat in a certain area, can, is it easier to keep it off later? So guys in their lower back, girls underneath their butt, once you kind of shake it loose per se, is it easier to kind of keep it off? 
So I, just a couple of things I, I want to start off with, Jason, if you don't mind, is I think there's a, there's a supplement that a lot of people, it was pretty hot and heavy 10 years ago. I still use it with clients. Jason, I'm sure you do as well. And that's Yohimbine HCL. And it's especially effective with females, um, but it helps burn stubborn fat. It doesn't get a lot of blood flow. The only issue with the product is, is insulin and, and elevated blood glucose kind of cancel it out or they kind of inhibit the way that it works. So Yohimbine is, is a great product, especially if someone's on a, on a lower carb plan. And I've used that with clients off and on for a long time. And it does help, especially in that lower body area for females. Um, but the main thing that I've helped see people actually turn around where they hold a lot of their stubborn fat is, is comes back to hormones and taking a look at, you know, where their body is and hormonally, once you get a lot of the hormones fixed, I've seen it. And I'm going to talk a lot about females. It's not so much with guys, but you see a drastic change in females because you'll see a lot of the areas, you know, when cortisol is high and testosterone is low and just all these and estrogens higher, all these different places that, when all that stuff starts to get fixed up, you see a leaner, more muscular physique. So um, just fixing hormones can can change a lot of that and how someone walks around and how they look. So that's just kind of the two things is off the top of my head that I want to throw in there. What about you, Jason? Um, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously true. You can't really spot reduce. I mean, I do use um, Vasoburn uh, to, to help, but the diet has to be there and Vasoburn is just a product by MPA that, you know, delivers topical, um, Yohimbi to the area. Um, but I mean, if you're not training to build muscle and tighten the area and you're not dieting, you know, properly and eating properly, you know, I'm going to explain, there's really no way to spot reduce. Like we got to cover the, 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 the basic principles here, sound nutrition and training. And then that's going to do, you know, most of the work, uh, over time. And it's not going to be a quick fix. I mean, if they're an older client, their arms didn't get jiggly in two months. So, you know, if they think that's going to be better in two months, you know, they're living in fantasy world. So I set expectations. You always got to set expectations with people. If you don't, you're just, uh, you're, 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 you're kind of screwing yourself. Um, it's always better to under promise and over deliver in anything that you do. Um, what was the second question, Kyle? Was there a two parter there? Yeah. Um, is it true once you um, diet lean enough to get yeah. rid of the hard to lose spots, is it easier to keep it off going forward? Well, nothing's ever easy with any of this. I mean, if you're someone who's got a fat lower back to begin with and you're just kind of chubby and pudgy, I mean, that's going to be a hard area to always keep lean. But if you keep using the principles that you got the fat off with, you can eventually adjust your body fat set point. But, you know, if someone just pushes hard because they want to look good for their wedding and then throw everything they learned out the door, that back fat's going to come back just as easy. Um, so you got to set expectations that, you know, once, it, once you get it off, it's a little easier to keep it off, meaning you have a little more leeway. You know, I always tell my clients, you know, you want to get to 10%, well, you've got to be 95% on your nutrition. But once you get there to maintain it, you can probably maintain it with 85% but that's still a lot more effort than they're used to giving. So there's got to be a give and take and they've got to understand that, you know, if they want to stay lean in a certain area, there's always going to be to be effort applied, but it, but it, but you do have a little more leeway once you get to where you want to be than getting to where you want to be. 
Yeah. And I, I think too, that just makes me think about it. You know, the leaner you get, the better your insulin sensitivity is. So the better you handle carbs and your just overall health too. And then the other thing is, is you've learned the lifestyle more. So working with a lot of gen pop clients or first timers that they worry about spot reduction and, you know, getting the fat off their arms or off their belly button or whatever, you know, once they start to live the lifestyle, it, that kind of stuff does become easier, but it's getting past that first hurdle. That's really a bitch. I remember when I first started and I was training people one-on-one, man, I mean, I could, I still see them in the gym because I own the gym that I was training people one-on-one. Like people still look the same 10 years later and um, they just never could click with the lifestyle. So unfortunately when you're training people one-on-one, that just kind of comes with the territory and you're going to have those people that fall off. But the best thing you do is you just educate them and try and get them to buy in. Ultimately, they have to do it, though. They have to buy in on it. Um, good two-part question there. Ryan Blakely, man, let us know a little bit about you and uh, your question. Awesome. Uh, first off, John, Jason, thank you very much for having me on here and thinking about me. Um, very appreciative of that. Happy to be here. Um, so just like John said, my name is Ryan Blakely. I'm out of the D.C. area, so D.C., Maryland, Virginia, the DMV. And um, I coach under team district coaching concepts. Um, so my first question I have is actually a question related to like detox, whether it's, you know, gut related or, you know, maybe hormone, but a lot of the athletes that need to go into this type of protocol, um, have obviously put themselves in a pretty bad position, whether it's running themselves into the ground with cardio or training or lack of food or all of that, you know, as a combination. But when you get to that point and you have to give these athletes the protocol and explain to them that, hey, we're actually going to bring cardio down. You might bring food up. Your training might go two or three days and your intensity has got to come way down. For them to hear that, it's a shock because they've been in this mindset that that's not what you're supposed to do. That's how I get fat. Um, So my question is, when you have an athlete like that, since you guys have been in the game for a very long time and doing this with, you know, a lot longer than I have, what do you use, whether it's verbiage, um, you know, whatever you need to say to these athletes to like pretty much convince them that, hey, this is what you need to do. Like you're going to have to cut your training down to three days a week. You're going to have to learn to eat a little bit more food. You're going to have to pass the cardio deck when you're going to the gym. Like what's the best way to get these athletes to adhere to that? Because I've found that, you know, I get them to adhere to it for, you know, a few weeks and, you know, they understand the process. But obviously, this is a long process. This is not an overnight thing. This is not a six-week thing, an eight-week thing. Like, this could go on for months, for a year. How do you keep somebody in that mindset that this is what they need to do and to keep them there so they can actually get the results that they're looking for? Yeah, I, I can just chime in with a couple of things real quick. Is One of the, the key things I help people with is, is I'll go back and I always remind them of how shitty they feel, right? And, you know, as they're slowly making progress, I always remind them, I say, hey, listen, remember how shitty you felt? And sometimes I'll go back to those first initial emails that they sent me and I'll forward them back. I said, hey, listen, you hired me on to help get you out of out of this hole. You know, we're digging you out of this hole. And I'll usually go back and, and help them understand that. And, um, you know, just real quick, that kind of pops into my head. Is, is you always have to remi- remind them of, of the reason why, you know, whatever that was. And that's for anything, general fat loss. You know, I remember bending down to tie my shoe and I couldn't fucking breathe whenever I was like 25. And like, that was my aha moment. 
So I always remember that. So I always try and go back and, and point out the reason why. And, you know, whether it's labs or blood work or whatever the reason is with the person that they're trying to make that change, because it does take forever. And then the other thing, too, is, is I'll point out examples. I'll point out examples of clients that I've had that have successfully done what they're trying to do. And I'll use those as examples. And those two things have, have kind of worked worked well for me. What about you, Jason? You, you're helping a lot more people in this situation. So you've got yeah. the most experience here. Um. So when someone comes in the door um, with some sort of, um, you know, metabolic functional issues, hormonal issues, um, and my kind of red flags go off, you know, and this is like in an intro email, um, you know, I dig a little deeper and find out, you know, some, some things that might be off with digestion and, um, you know, bowel movements and sleep and libido and, so I start to get an understanding and what I do is I explain my process and I tell them that, you know, I'm not going to take someone on without labs in that situation. Okay. Now I get it. I'm in a position to do that. If they don't want to work with me, that's fine. I, I have plenty of clients and, you know, I've had coaches say, well, you know, if I, if I make them do that and they say, no, I really need the client and I get it. Then at that point, you better have a really elaborate, some sort of metabolic stress questionnaire form that can almost tell the tale without labs but my point is with labs, it's black and white. And so you run those labs and they see high liver enzymes. They see kidneys that are stressed. They see that their progesterone's low. Or if it's a man, they see their testosterone's that of an 80-year-old. You know, you, you, can, you can basically just hang your hat on all that and say, you're never going to progress and get to your goal with that type of hormonal, you know, um, profile. Or, you know, if it's high cholesterol, if it's bad kidneys, if it's a liver, now you're really dealing with a, a health issue. So, and, you know, you can get labs done if they can't get a doctor to play ball for $275 at Life Extension. It's the comprehensive metabolic uh, or comprehensive weight loss panel that I use. And so, you know, you're running cortisol, all these different markers that you can basically in black and white say, look, this is where they should be as a healthy person. This is where you are. And then again, I, I, I under promise and try to over deliver. So I'm like, mm, you've got three functional issues here. You've got high cholesterol. You're not, you know, your liver's bogged down. This is going to take eight months. And then I shoot for six. And then while you're helping them, you got to start focusing on other things in the scale and you got to start focusing on other things in their physique. So as their gut improves, as their sleep improves, as their energy gets better, as they're not as cranky with their spouse, all those things you've got to hang your hat on and show them that they're winning and they're getting better. Um, and if you can do that and keep them on, you know, focusing on those things, um, usually you can get a good six months out of people. And then you're also running labs for me every 10 weeks. So I'm showing them, oh, look, now your liver is processing right. Now this is processing right. So um, I find black and white labs are the best. Um, to kind of deal with those types of clients. Um, like I said, but if you can't get labs, have a really good metabolic stress questionnaire um, that really hits on, you know, anxiety, gut digestion, you know, ask them all the different things about digestion, anxiety, mood, binge eating, you know, all these different things that you can kind of get a feel for. So you can kind of map it out anyways, and then go in and, and, and work on getting them to de-stress and, and train less. Um, a lot of times you can get sleep in line pretty quickly and that's a pretty big win for people and it allows them to start kind of just thinking clearer, um, and then go from there.
I know uh, one thing that I'll do too is, is that if I've got someone that they just, they're not going to get labs right away. Right. And I, and I need the client. This is what I would do earlier in my career is I would go ahead and diet the person. I would go ahead and think, you know what, let's give this a shot. I'm going to give you my best plan of attack and we're going to nail the diet. Perfect. Here's your, here's your training. Like this whole plan will be perfect. I'll be right here with you every step of the way. And I give it a shot with them and see if we could get any weight off. And you know what, if we could get four or five pounds off, that would be a bonus. But a lot of times when people are really, really messed up and these are the people where we have to scale back, we have to take them back to three days of training and cut their cardio down. At that point, it would at least be proof to them as long as they were on the diet that, Hey, something is not right when they wouldn't look at labs or this was back when I wasn't really looking at labs, I would give it a shot, you know, usually an eight week shot of dieting. If you can't get someone to drop and then they finally say, okay, aha, then I could remind them, Hey, listen, you hired somebody that knows what they're doing. You've stuck to the diet. Your way is not working. My way is not working. We have to go the opposite way. And sometimes I would just give it a shot knowing deep down, I knew they probably weren't going to drop very much. And if they did, it was a bonus. So that, that was always something that I would give a shot, you know, before I would look at, look at labs. So great question there. Uh, Jesse Ostrowski, go ahead and let everybody know where you're from and what your question is. Hey, um, so my name is Jesse Ostrowski. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. And um, I've been a coach with Scooby Prep since August. And I've had uh, my own coaching business since 2017. So my question um, kind of relates to um, the, the coaching aspect of, you know, you've got lifestyle clients, you've got prep clients, functional health clients, so many different types of people coming to you asking for your health and your knowledge and nutrition and training supplements. What are the most important things that you value um, or that you would tell somebody getting started in the health and fitness space or bodybuilding space, what they need to look for in a coach? Because we know we all coach very different things than some of the other, you know, traditional coaches out there. So what is it that that you would recommend people really look for when they're looking for a good coach to guide them through that process. Jason, go ahead, man. Cause I'll jump on a soapbox on this one. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, first off, thanks for the kind words, um, you know, regarding our podcast and things like that. I, I appreciate it. Um, I know John does as well. Um, so, I mean, gosh, there's a lot that you have to look at when you're looking for a coach. Um, so, you know, you, I think you have to understand what kind of athlete you are too. Um, are you an athlete that needs a lot of TLC? Or are you an athlete that wants the info delivered delivered directly, succinctly, on time? Um, because, you know, I know I'm more of that one than I am the TLC. I mean, I give it when needed, but, you know, things need to be earned. Um, for me, I expect people to do the proper things. Um, so, you know, I think it comes down to what type of person you are for number one. Number two, if you send an email and it takes them, 48 hours to get back to you. We'll just think what check-ins are going to take. Um, so, you know, that's a red flag and then knowledge, like every coach has something that they're excellent at and they might be excellent at a few things, but they are not going to be excellent at everything. Like I said, if someone's completely new, I'm probably not the coach for them. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit and teach someone how to read labels, um, and, and go through things like that. Uh, most of my people have already been past that. They've been training for a while. They're looking to get to the next level. Um, so know the coach, um, 
check their athletes, um, see what they excel at and see if that's what you need and are looking for. Um, how often do they, you know, go and do things to improve their education? Um, you know, are they going to seminars? Um, do they conduct seminars? Are they at that level? Um, things of that nature. But if you don't see them doing things to improve their education, reading books, sharing knowledge, um, you know, is that coach really the right coach for you? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I think most people should send out a few feelers and see how they feel about uh, the coach. But, you know, uh, listen to as many things as they're on. If they put out videos, listen. If they do a podcast, listen. See, see, see what, if it's a good fit. Not every person not is going to be a good fit with with a coach um you know like there's been people that i've conflicted with uh you know it doesn't happen much but it does happen um so if you do your due diligence first you can cut down on that where you're not wasting your time and really getting into it and then of course you know do they have check their instagram i mean is it all pictures of them flexing or is it mostly pictures of them showcasing their athletes? You know, um, that's going to determine too how many people they've worked with and, you know, how things are going there. So, you know, that doesn't mean they're not a good coach, but, you know, they should be showcasing some people that they work with or they should be giving out knowledge and talking about things that, you know, that you need to know. And it's not just all them with their, with their cars and, and their body. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can look into. I could keep going on a soapbox too, but I think I'll, you know, turn it over to John uh, right now. Yeah. And, and a lot of the things too, before social media is real big, the most common error I would see people make is they would see the biggest guy in the gym or they would see somebody that, that competed at the state level or whatever. And they would automatically go hire that person as a coach. And that, you know, maybe that person trained people at the gym one-on-one -on -one and they had a handful of clients. But this day and age, you can really dig in and you can find out about a history. And I think people are just lazy. I think they get caught up in someone's Instagram or social media fame because they have a lot of followers. But you're right. You can easily pick through that stuff. And, and if all you see is people's pictures about them or their business or whatever, but you don't see client results, that to me is the first thing. If someone's a successful coach and they do this for a living and they're good, you're going to see their client results, hands down. That's what they do. That's what they're passionate about. That to me is the type of person that, that you want to look for. And I get it. Some people are trying to grow and they, they have a lot of gym pop clients and a lot of those people don't stick to the fucking plan. So they lose 12 pounds, but they don't, you can't post their pictures because they still need to lose 70. Like I get it. That's tough, but you can still look at the content that they put out. You can still watch their stories and their posts. And like Jason said, if they put out good stuff that's trying to help other people understand that's the main thing to look for. So that's, you know, I'm not going to go on and on about it, but you know, you guys here on the show with Jason and I, we handpicked you guys for a reason. And, and I'm going to link all of your emails here in the show notes for our listeners, because you guys are all the people you've been to the seminars, you've been to our zoom classes, like you've been to the summit, you guys are putting out good content. You guys get client results. Um, the only person that couldn't be here and I'll name him was Kenny Claiborne because he's, He's riding somewhere with his son who's in the military right now. Kenny was another person that we wanted to add here. He's doing a great job with Gen Pop. But you guys are all the type of people that coaches need to try and try and emulate because of what you do. So real quick shout out to you guys. You, you know, if you, you want to link up, um, 
with anyone here, their emails in the show notes uh, because there's so many good coaches out there. And we're, that's what we're trying to kind of do with this show is, is trying to bring on other people. So just do your homework. That's the main thing. Don't be fucking lazy and go with someone because of their social media, social media fame. So good question there. Uh, we're going to come back around. We're going to make one more lap through. Uh, Mayor, what's your next question? Yeah. Um, so as coaches in uh, Whiskey Prep, we, uh, I, do, I do have a lot of clients that are dealing with hormonal issues, adrenals, um, gut. And so supplements are something that uh, I do need to utilize as a coach. Um, that being said, um, I often have clients message me, you know, uh, when they see something for like relax and they're like, oh, I can't sleep. I need relax. You know, and I'm like, well, let's you know, let's talk about why you can't sleep. We're not going to just go to supplements. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, because I often hear clients um, or even people message me on Instagram um, saying, oh, well, I found this on, uh, on Amazon and uh, I can get this on Amazon Prime. And I always tell them, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, necessarily that, that cheapness of it. You really need the quality. And so when it comes to the quality, uh, I know both of you have supplement companies and you develop them for a reason um, because obviously you wanted to make sure that they were uh, fabricated correctly and efficacy was there. And so I want to ask you guys, um, what goes into your product line as far as coming up with a supplement um, the ingredients that go into that, you know, the sourcing of that. Cause even now I know with COVID and all these things, um, you know, getting those ingredients, um, can be, can be tough. And many companies can, you know, say, Oh, we're going to skimp and go for something cheaper just so they can mass produce it. But I know that with both of you guys, that's not what you're about. And you'd rather say, you know, Hey, listen, we're on a hold. We, we don't have this product right now, but we will get this product. And I know for myself as a coach, um, yes, there are some other companies that I might suggest just because, you know, the product doesn't exist and, you know, say new ethics or, you know, fat muscle. Um, but I guess, you know, talk to my clients a little bit about, you know, what goes into the products that you guys make from start to finish, um, you know, from basically manufacturing to putting it on the shelves. Cause I do think that's important for them to also hear from you guys y'all are the creators, you know, of why I recommend you guys and the products. Go ahead, Jason, man, you started your company before me. I think you're the perfect person to kick that okay. one off. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, as the Rawls come in the door um, at the manufacturer we, that we've chosen, there's two, um, they're tested for microbials and viruses and any type of thing that you could think of. Um, and then, you know, every, you know, certification we have in the warehouses that we use, um, CGMP and, and NSF and different things. We want those high certifications. But for what we do, um, you can get online at New Ethics and you can enter your batch number. And we, we have 30 third party testing so that you know that what we say is in the bottle is in the bottle. Now, we also, when it comes to sourcing, we won't cut corners. So I'll just go ahead and tell everyone right now, Thyroboost, it's probably going to be on back order. Um, there's one country that has the glandulars that we use that make that product as, as strong and effective as it is. Now we can get it from a few other countries and we are trying to test to see if they meet our standards, but if they do not, we will probably create another thyroid product, not the same name as Thyroboost. We will wait till the glandulars can, can be got I mean, you know, all this COVID shit clears up. 
but we will create another product with a different name. It will not be as strong, but it will fill in uh, for practitioners. And I can tell you right now, anyone using the proper glandulars, if you search Metagenics or some of these other companies, they're going to be out too when it comes to good thyroid products. Um, so we take that seriously. The reason that we even created New Ethics was so that we could get the right outcomes. Um, if you know Vince and I were going to be doing cases like this, you've got to get the outcome. And when I say cases like this, I mean hormonal issues, functional issues, metabolic adaptation issues. And so we make sure that what's first and foremost on the label is in the bottle and we allow you to search that and see the assay. Um, next, we source only the best and we are willing to lose money because Thyroid Boost is one of our biggest sellers. So by going on back order, it is not advantageous to us. Um, but it's probably coming. We're trying, but it's probably coming. Um, but that's because we don't want to see lab work where TSH is now rising or free T3 is not doing what it should do because, uh, the product is not sourced from the, from the proper country that we need it to be. So I'm, I'm bummed about that, but that gives you an insight into, um, kind of the, the love and detail that goes into it. Now, how do we come up with our products? A lot of R and D like new, new flame defense. I tested on myself two months. Um, if you have joint problems that are not ligament based, you know, it's more inflammation, age, uh, arthritis, osteoarthritis, um, rheumatoid, it will help. Um, I tested on myself about two months and then I will get on and do, you know, I'll, I'll research uh, NCBI articles, uh, Google Scholar, and find out the proper dosing um, to, the, to, the, to the ingredients that we want and then test it on ourselves first and foremost. So um, a lot goes into it. Um, we're getting ready to bring out a biofilm disruptor. That's to help in SIBO uh, cases. Um, and it'll go hand in step with Gut Defender. And uh, that product has taken, I can't even tell you how many months, like I wanted it out five months ago, but it just doesn't roll that fast when you're, when you're creating products that you've got to make sure get a uh, result. So I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I'll add too is, is the, the big thing that I had to make sure was all the raw ingredients for our stuff was HPLC tested hundred percent. And that's, that's really big. That's important. Um, you know, CGMP is important, NSF, like all that stuff, super, super important. But one of the biggest things I noticed when I was shopping around, because I've got a few different manufacturers, because especially this day and age, you have to, um, but you have to make sure their quality is all high. And whenever I started searching out my newest one, I actually went and toured and I made them show me around. I made them show me everything, break down everything, just in case there was ever an issue anywhere. I need to be able to see it down to the 0 0.00 of a gram in, in the, a lot of the ingredients. So I actually went toward uh, my latest manufacturer and that was really, really important to me. But the most important thing that I noticed is when I, there's a couple manufacturers I came across that were, they were willing to offer up their services to try and save some money. I'll just say it that way. Um, to get me some really cheap protein and things like WPC 30 and all this rot gut shit that you see going to things like body fortress and the Walmart proteins. 
they they were interested in helping you know shave a few dollars off each tub of protein and you see that in the price once it hits the store so that was the biggest the biggest thing that people can just tell like if you're paying a low price for any products more than likely it's going to be low for two reasons either it's real cheap or it's from a giant company that is reputable that manufactures so much of this shit that their cost is low so they're able to pass that that on you know i think of places like dimatize you know they can they can sell five pound tubs of isolate for for a price because they're i mean who knows how much they're making obviously they're good but then you see some of the other smaller companies with real treat, real, real cheap protein. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before places get busted. Jason, we've talked about it offline before. Some of these places that are just doing some shady ass shit. And then they turn around, they go start up another company under another LLC and nobody even knows the difference. And they've been in the supplement company for fucking a decade or more. So it's, it's really hard. So price to me is everything. I mean, you get what you pay for. There's no other, no other way to say it. So is there anything you wanted to add to that, Jason? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Brandon, what's your next question? Yeah, so this one, um, I've seen you guys both kind of touch on it during the holidays because it always gets brought up, but I feel like being able to talk about it's a lot better than writing a post. Eating, your diet, and training during the holidays, everyone stresses about. Um, a lot of people will put posts out there, and then your clients freak out. Like, if you cheat, you're not hardcore. What would you tell people the best way to go about dieting and training during the holidays when you're not in prep obviously that's a whole different story um just because you see a lot of people stress about it and it's a big topic so yeah our last episode that's the one i kind of held down the fort on my own because jason was at the olympia um you know if, if you guys want to go back and listen to that any of our listeners um i like to give my clients a plan if they're wired that way i don't try and tell them they have to do it this way i tell them if they want to just chill out have a meal off plan they're perfectly welcome to do that the one thing unless if they're not in prep the one thing i do try and tell them to do is is try and be with family try and appreciate all the things that are normal please don't eat out of tupperware uh, because it's going to offend everyone around you that was me back in 2008 2009 and it was really hard on family and i look back at that now and it was not is it's listen, that's one tiny drop in the fucking bucket. I should just ate the food and not pissed everyone off around me by, you know, looking like I had three heads eating out of Tupperware. So I try and get my clients to just be as normal as they can and understand this is a lifestyle. So you can go back and listen to the last episode. If you want a plan of attack, if you're somebody that stresses out because you don't have a plan, that's what that last episode was for. But it wasn't me saying, Hey, everyone should do this. It was just kind of a plan of attack. But Jason, I don't, you probably didn't get to listen to the episode. You've been busy. Yeah. I did say, hey, I know Jason well enough. I'm probably just going to say, if he were here, he'd probably say, hey, don't eat like a jackass. And those would be your words. Don't eat like a jackass and just be normal. Um, was I pretty spot on with that or no? Yeah, I mean, I just don't like to enforce <laughs> potential eating disorder type things where – people want to starve all day and, you know, nibble at protein and eat veggies and then fucking pig out on 3000 calories. I just don't like it. Um, I like people, if you want to train, fucking train. If you don't sit on your ass, it's fine. Like if you want to move your refeed to it and you know, you count macros with me and you want to save up a little bit more, that's cool. Like whatever. But I just don't want to enforce any bad habits of under eating to overeat. Um, that's my thing. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I was just telling people like eat with family, agree with John, no Tupperware. Um, it's one, it's one meal. 
Um, and if you do ever do it, oh, well, like we'll get back to it Monday. Um, but yeah, like I just, um, I, I've never been one to eat out of Tupperware um, on it. I just, you know, maybe I, I, I knew early on that I understood one meal wasn't going to, you know, derail my progress. Maybe it's because I'm ectomorph and I know I can get away with it, whatever it may be. But um, that's it. Like, there's no reason to pig out. It's not the last fucking supper. It's just another meal. Like, enjoy yourself, but step back from the table and don't keep eating cookies all night going to the cookie table, you know? And, and if you do take GDA max, right? <laughs> take, take a bunch of them. <laughs> take the whole bottle. Well, yeah. you know, the one thing I can see Jason is even if someone does eat like a jackass, I love that. It cracks me up just saying it because I can hear you saying it. Don't eat like a jackass. Even if someone has look back at 10 years ago or two years ago or last Thanksgiving, even if you ate like that, guess what? You don't look any fucking different right now. No, no. So it doesn't fucking matter. One meal, just as long as you get back on track, it's fine. Right. And I think people, they don't look at the big picture and they stress out because they're so anal retentive. So um, (laughs) anyway, there's that. Uh, Kyle, what's your next question? All right. So me coming from a personal trainer, I'm super particular about uh, when I train people, I want them to get the most bang for their buck during their workouts. I'm making sure they're turning the wrist the right way. They're, you know, depressing their shoulder, whatever it is. I want them to get the absolute most out of their workout. Once I jumped into the online side and started giving people workouts for online, I've noticed that it's really hard to, to know if they're giving the right effort. Are they working out hard enough? Are they not working out? Are they working out too hard? Um, are they doing the right form? Um, all these factors, and it, and it really st- kind of stresses me out because I want the people to get the most out of their workouts. And if I'm uh, programming their nutrition based on a certain effort in the gym. How do you guys kind of manage that and knowing that your clients are working out hard enough to see the results for the food and that you're giving them? So Kyle, real quick, since you're, you're right here local with me and you guys, you know, operate out of a gym over there in, in Rogersville and you have all this stuff close here. Um, this is what I've done over the years that really has worked well with me. Um, and I just make the time. I'll, I'll invite a client to come train with me. And I've done that multiple, multiple. If I feel like they're not making the progress they should make, I invite them to come train with me and they don't know it. The, the people are going to know it now. Cause I'm saying it on the podcast. They come train with me like, fuck Gorman's checking me out. I'm literally going to analyze the hell out of everything that they're doing. And that's, that's a good way for me to one, not only get closer to them and get to know them better, but I'll carve out the time for them and it helps them. It really does. And I'll help them understand what they're not doing right, or if they're not training hard enough. Um, Man, there's so many times I've trained with people and they're just not pushing the way that they need to push. And when we did, they're like, oh, wow, like I'm completely trash. And I'm sitting here thinking, shit, no wonder you're not making progress. You've been doing that for a whole year in your off season. And I'm just now able to see you. So that's worked well for me. But for other listeners, people that they are helping people online. Listen, make that part of your business plan. Have them send you videos of an all out set. Be like, Hey, send me, don't tell them to go all out. Say, Hey, send me, send me a video of, of your, you know, a couple of your sets on the chest press, for example, that you did today. Let me, let me take a look. I want to see how your training's going. Just analyze it, make it part of your plan. You can look at that video, send them a video response back or a quick email back. And that's kind of what you have to do if you're wanting to look at their training. So those are the two things that have worked well for me. What about you, Jason? Yeah. I mean, if they're online, it's, it's gotta be video, but here's the thing. I mean, like if you're feeding someone, right. 
And it's like week after week, their body's just not changing. They're not training hard enough. I mean, they're not, it's a catalyst for everything. Um, so I ask for video and I do exactly like you do. I just say, Hey, send me a few videos of your, you know, top set, uh, for, for your three of these, you know, exercises of your next, you know, workout. And so the top sets where they should be given all effort and really working to hit those PRs. Right. And it never fails. You know, if I have scheduled four by 10, as soon as they hit 10, they put it down. There's no veins popping. There's no muscle shaking. You know, they look really cute and pretty doing it. You know, you should be looking like shit. You know, your face should be all distorted. You should be grunting, you know, and if I don't see any of that, I know there's no effort. Um, and so then I'm like, we've got to train harder. That's why your body's not training. You know, you can't turn a lump of coal into a diamond without pressure. You know, it just stays a lump of shit. So, you know, <laughs> you've got to put intensity into it. Um, so, you know, and I'm like, John, if I can train with someone, I just kind of lead. I kind of lead by example. Like they'll see the effort I'm putting in and, you know, most time they get on board. Um, so if you can train with someone, obviously that helps a ton, but, uh, I don't have that, um, opportunity. So a lot of times, like John said, I have to get video. Um, and he's right. Like, don't, don't set them up to say, Hey, give me your best effort. Just say, show me your top sets. You know, um, you, you built up to your, your highest weight, show me it. And nine out of 10, they're quitting at 10 and maybe they didn't grab enough weight. Well, if you didn't grab enough weight and you're not the failure, you better keep going. Um, so then you can kind of help teach through that to get them to that mechanical failure. And then if they're supposed to be doing drop sets to that ultimate beyond failure and different things like that. So. Oh, I love it. Look like a lump of shit. We just roll credits right there. It's not going to get any better than that folks. That's, <laughs> that's probably the best part of the show so far. All right, Ryan, no pressure, man. Ask, ask okay. Jason, ask Jason something he can, he can go off on. <laughs> um, so this question actually is no scientific style question um and after hearing about jason taking these past three days off and then of course john you taking these next two weeks off um my question here is setting boundaries as a coach and where i'm getting with this is obviously this lifestyle is seven days a week it's 24 hours a day it's 365 days a week um you know we all want to be there for athletes every second of that time frame but at the end of the day, like, just like we tell our athletes, like, Hey, make sure you take your off day, um, you know, from training and the lifestyle itself. Like, I think that applies for us as well. I mean, if I work every day, a month, every month, at some point, I'm going to be a disservice to the athlete. So at some point, you know, I need to take the interval, take that day off or, you know, that vacation or whatnot. Um, but how do you guys, you know, again, being in the industry for as long as you have, um, what are some things that you guys do to set those boundaries? Like, do you take a certain off day a week? Do you just wait until you feel like you need it? Um, and then, you know, of course, John, like, you know, taking the two weeks that you are, what did you do with your athletes to kind of let them know, Hey, this is what I need for me to, you know, obviously be a better service for you. So for these two weeks, this is going to be my, my plan for you guys. So I'm just yeah. kind of curious on what you guys do to set boundaries so you guys can, you know, perform at the level you need to for your athletes every day. Yeah. So th these two weeks that I took off, like I said, typically I'll take off a week during Thanksgiving. I'll take off a week during Christmas. Um, and what I do is I send out a mass email and it doesn't take me long. I just pull up everyone. I send a mass email out and I said, Hey, listen, it, this is usually a Thursday before the week off. I say here, here's your changes or no changes. And I'm going to take this week off because I, I need a break. But what I tell them is add a week to your plan that you paid for. So if somebody hired me for a year, 
on their tracker, they're going to add a week the way it works really easy. So usually someone gets either two or three weeks a year. Sometimes I have to take a week off in the middle of the year for something going on important. I will. So two or three weeks get added to the plan they paid for and no one's ever complained about it. Um, and I'm real particular about if I need time off, I it's when I'm really fried. Like right now I'm fried. I've been on the road, like a damn near every weekend, traveling with supplements, getting all that stuff set up, like doing stuff, seminars, whatever. So I need that time off. And my clients, they see it on social. They know how hard I fucking push. They don't complain at all. Um, Sometimes I'll get some straggler emails, but I leave it open for emergencies. I'm like, Hey, if you have an emergency email or if you're prepping, I need you to, you need to email me. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll answer the email, but I set my boundaries. And the other thing that I do too, is that, is I don't give, like there are some clients that, you know, I get close enough to them or, or we've been through a peak week. They're going to get my cell phone, but I'm very, very upfront with people. If you get my cell phone, don't blow me up. Send me emails because I can't stay organized. If you send me a Facebook messenger message and an Instagram message and a text message when I need everything put into an email, because if I need to look up what's going on, I need to be able to just search at one place. And I can't just be tied to this thing all the time. You know, I have to work and I have my hours. So I'm real particular on the way that I work with people. I'm like, don't, don't text me. Don't do that. Send everything in an email. I'm fast on my emails and I've never had anyone bitch and complain about it. Um, It's when people let that stuff run away. Coaches let it run away because I get it. You know, when you have eight clients, it's cool because you can text people and people are excited when they've got their business going, it's growing. But I'm telling you, when that fucker gets to 100 and you've got people texting you nonstop on Saturday night, it's 10 o'clock, you're trying to chill out and watch a movie with your kids. Like, you have to do it now. Like, you have to set those boundaries now. So I do that and I have my check-in days, Mondays and Thursdays. People can email me any other time they want, but I make sure they check in on those days because two check-in days a week for one client is you can get so much done that way. And it's worked well for me. So I just, I'm real upfront with them. And if they go outside those, those boundaries, I just remind them. I said, hey, it's, it's Sunday. Make sure you send me your check-in on Monday and Thursday. Or, hey, don't message or don't text me. I need you to email me. And I do that with my best friend. Jason Wells is listening right now laughing because he will text me some shit about his diet. I'm like, hey, fucker. That's my words to him. I'm like, hey, fucker, send me an email. I'm like, what are you texting me for? Like, send me an email. I don't have your plan in front of me. You know what I mean? So anyway, I'm just up front. What about you, Jason? Oh, um, so first off, I agree. I do no text other than peak week. Um, I know coaches that do it and I've heard about their service. And a lot of times they're asking the client, well, what's your cardio again? What's your macros again? Like to me, that's unprofessional. And I don't want, I work on my time. I don't want you texting, you know, at 10 PM. Hey, I'm at Kroger. They don't have cream of rice. Can I do oatmeal? Like, no, there's something called Amazon, do it. Or you can just send me an email and I would answer that question, you know, between nine to 5 PM. So I don't do text. Um, if you do, and you have maybe 30 clients, that's cool. But when you have, when you scale your business and you let text in, you're gonna, you're gonna go nuts. Um, so peak week. Yes. Outside of that, I set the boundary to like John does. Um, I, to the point where I really can't take a full day off per week. So what I do is, is I split everyone's name. Um, so like a through F checks in Monday, F through whatever the next letter is Tuesday. And that at least allows me to have a manageable day. Um, I was at one point doing, I think like 
because uh, John does this and it worked for a minute for me, but I think I was doing Monday and Thursdays check-ins. Well, I mean, those days I would be in front of a computer for 20 hours and, you know, obviously I, I slept more than that, but I mean, it was like, it was all the way up till midnight. And so I was like, well, this isn't going to work anymore. So then I started doing it by name because I started doing that on vacation and was like, oh, this is manageable. Um, but, you know, like say I go on a vacation, I, I give the client the option. I'm like, there's been times where I'm like, look, I'm just burnt out. I need, I need this week. Um, please don't check in. But there's been other vacations where like maybe it was an extra or a bonus vacation. And I'll just say, hey, if you don't want to check in, I appreciate it. If you feel like you need it, you know, use your letter by last name, stick to that and, and I'll take care of it. And then I'll work. I'll try to get up early in the morning and work till maybe 11. And then, you know, the rest of my day is free and I'll try to knock things out as I can. Um, but I think it's important if you have rules and whatever they are to not bend them. If your rules are not to text, then just a friendly reminder, Hey, just shoot me an email is what you want to do. Cause sometimes it happens to me after like a peak week scenario then they'll just start texting. Oh, I need my macros. What are we going to do with supplements next? And I'm like, John, I'm like, please email me. It's all, it'll all be in front of me. Relax Sunday. And I want you to check in Monday and I'll give you your new training and your new supplement plan and your new macros and, and all that, you know? So just a friendly reminder to stick to your, whatever your boundaries are that you draw, stick mm -hmm. to them okay. um, is the most important. Um, but those are some of mine um, to try to keep things, keep things manageable. And I think something too important to point out, Jason, is, you know, you used to do the Monday, Thursdays um, emails, and then you, that enabled you to morph and scale your business even more because you've had a set plan. And I think there's a lot of coaches out there. They don't have a set plan. They just have this random, hey, check in one day a week bullshit and no set times or anything like that. And they're getting emails at 11 o'clock at night or they're getting them at six in the morning. And, you know, I hear coaches and some of them are friends of mine and they say, hey, I'm working 16 hour days. And I'm like, you got as many clients as I do. And right. I'm working eight hours Monday, eight hours Thursday. And I mean, I work all the other days, but it's on other shit. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck are you working 16 hour days, six days a week? It's because they're unorganized. Yeah. So that, that's the point. And, and you've got more clients than I do yeah. and you're able to scale, but it's because you're organized. So I just thought that was really important to, to point And I out. also use like our feed for function uh, app. You know, it, it keeps me organized. I can click any tab I want and have their training, their pictures, their pictures from eight weeks ago. You know, what supplements I have them on notes that are private to me about that client. So I can, everything is at a quick click and that's what's allowed me to do that and then deliver the proper service. So, yeah. all right, Jesse, bring us home. Last question here. Okay. So my last question is very much related to vision and creating kind of, um, so for me, I still feel like I'm in the beginning of this whole coaching journey. I mean, yeah, I might be 41, but I want to be coaching and competing until I'm like 80. Like I see it happening and I, and why not? If I have the knowledge and the skill set to share with people, why not coach? Um, so my question is how did you both go about creating this vision with your coaching? Cause it has evolved. I mean, you've gone, you've both gone from being athletes yourselves, and experiencing the bodybuilding world, understanding health and fitness, nutrition, training, all that kind of stuff. And then now coming into the functional health world and working with clients now at so many different levels, making a big difference and now having supplement companies. And like, 
I mean, my vision probably isn't to go as far as having a supplement company, but I do want to create a team. I want to be able, and, and I love that I'll be able to do that under Scooby Prep because Jason has truly set up his hybrid coaching so well that he allows us to be coaches and he trusts us. Like he was saying, finding really well-rounded coaches that know a lot of different things. Um, like I'm very much into the posing aspect um, for bikini and getting into figure and prep coaching and all of this. I just absolutely love it. And I have this vision of building a team and, and really creating a community and just um, really helping and serving athletes. But at what point were, were you when you realized like, wow, I can really go big or go home. And I know John, you have like some really big stuff that you've announced that's coming out in, in 2021. I mean, the sky is the limit. So um, with, with your visions, you know, how did you kind of see that progressing over time? And um, where do you continue to see the vision for what you're doing? Where do you see it going? I, I love this question. Um, and Jason, if you don't mind, I'm like, Jesse, I want to know too, um, because I know the way I run things. You and I haven't got to talk a lot about this personally. Um, so I'm real curious to kind of see what your processes look like, what your vision's like. So if, if you don't mind, kick that off for us. Sure. Um, so first off, just some general advice. You know, if, if none of you have read a book called Turning Pro, I recommend you read it. Um, it's I'll, link probably it. had one, I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, Stephen Pressfield's probably had one of the biggest profound, you know, um, you know, experiences of reading a book on, on me. Um, it really talks about going all in on, on what your true passion is and stop hiding from it. And so for me, that was basically ditching the, the legal world. I mean, for the, our listeners that don't know, I was a lawyer for I guess 13, 14 years. And, um, I was a coach at the same time. I was serving two masters, um, you know, and I was, I was good at both, but not great at either. And that kind of weighs on you. So basically what I did was I just kind of said, you know what, here's my passion. I need to go for it. And so, you know, I think you need to follow your heart and kind of sit down and have a heart to heart with yourself. And what are your passions inside the coaching world? You're here. So it obviously is your passion. Um, but what are the things that drive you? And I would sit down and make notes, you know, I already have my goal set out for 2022, you know, from the next two years of the things that I want to accomplish. So I think that you should sit down and write that out and whatever that looks for, you know, some people do vision boards. I'm not really into cutting out things out of a magazine and putting it all together. I don't even have magazines. So, you know, I'm not gonna go freaking buy them. Um, but, but I wrote down my goals and I know what lights my fire and what I want to do. And so I think that, you need to have that heart to heart with yourself because that's what I did. Um, you know, I had basically a nice cush six figure job, um, as, as an in-house counsel, it wasn't hard. I still had over a hundred clients, um, in doing that. But like I said, I wasn't able to be really good at coaching. And once I went all in, um, I was able to then follow my passions and figure out, what did I see were problem areas with the coaching field? And I wanted to be a solution rather than the problem. That's like what really was a big passion for me. Um, I would have clients that would come into the sport 
a sport that I love and it would chew them up and spit them out. And then you'd see them fat and powerlifting and talking how bad the sport is. You know what I mean? And I just don't like that, you know, because it, it, it can be a lifelong sport, which you said. And if that's something that you have a passion for, maybe that's why you've gravitated more towards the functional as well. You know, I mean, that's why I brought you on. You would sit up at night and send me all these notes you're taking. So that's probably where you need to head. So that's, that's how I do it. You know, I, I write a list, I set my goals, I find out what really lights me on fire and I go after it. Yeah, I do the same thing it, in the other room, my office here behind me, it's in another room. I have the huge whiteboard sit out and I've got everything listed out basically in 12 month increments right now for fat muscle. And I do that with all my companies, but I literally list things out and some of those might change and move around, but I'm a planner. Um, but it helps me see that and envision it. I'm not real big. You guys just did a uh, a podcast on the excellence cartel with law of attraction yeah. and vision and stuff like that um, with Sal Fursella. That was a really, really good podcast. Um, I'm not real big on that stuff myself, but I am big on writing it down and thinking about it and constantly taking brick by brick, like one step at a time to kind of get me to those things. So I write stuff out and I plan it out for a year, two years at a time. And um that's just, that's just the way I am. And then I'm just competitive by nature. So when it comes to the stuff that I grow, it's not so much about, I get real bored with things. You know, I did four powerlifting meets and then I was done. I'm like, okay, this is boring. I, I, I have to just work on getting stronger. All right. That's fucking boring. So I'm going to do something else, but I learned from it and I like to try a bunch of different things that I get passionate about, but that I'm competitive in too as, as well. So that's the one thing I would say to our listeners is, you can find something that you're passionate about, but sometimes that goes away. And if you're a competitive person, just try, try a few different things. Um, and that's just kind of how my stuff is. Like I, I might get bored with the supplement industry in five years. I, it's just the way that I am. Um, I'll still continue to do it, but I might not be all in like I am right now traveling every fucking weekend. Like I'm enjoying all that. I'm messing stuff up. I've, you know, we had some mess ups on labels, you know, of a thousand labels that got messed up. You know, I enjoy all that stuff, you know, designing the supplements, but at some point all that's going to come to an end. Um, but it's all the planning and the fun. That's the fun stuff to me. Um, and I don't know if that answers the question or not. If there's anything else you want to, you want to ask about that, Jesse, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what do you see yourself doing in five to 10 years? Like is it, it what piece of health and fitness do you just know is always going to be there? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's always going to be coaching. Uh, now, not always, but that's the base of things. But, you know, with fat muscle, I, I know it's going to be a million dollar property here really fast. And I want to get that to five and then, you know, I'll continue to fill it out. Maybe it gets to 10, like that. It's all the unknown and it's the challenge. And for me, that's the fun part. It's, it's been fun to watch new ethics, right? Because you see them start out as a $50,000 in the first year and then boom, they're a million and then boom, they're 4 million and they're helping all these people. Like that's fun. And in new ethics, I'm not competitive with because we carry their stuff. So I just feel like we're almost like one big team, yeah. but it's fun to kind of watch that. So for me, it's, it's about growing it and getting it to the point to where I'm still enjoying it and having fun. Uh, I don't give a shit about money. It's not about that. It's about the challenge and the, and the game. It's all a game to me. It's all a numbers game and it's fun. So for me, that's where I see myself with fat muscle, but on the coaching side of things, that's completely different because everything's evolving. You know, you've got all the different conferences and books that are able to be written and 
now the next thing is we get better and we get older, not just the podcast and the conferences, but you can continue to put out things like books and audiobooks and material where you can actually make money. And I'm a teacher at heart. So I actually see myself gravitating more towards that. But to get to the point where I make, you know, well, well into the six figures doing that stuff, I need to be a, I need to be a way better coach than I am now. And I feel like I'm a good coach, but I need to be way fucking better. And Jason and other people lit a fire under my ass because I wasn't looking at labs three years ago. And all of a sudden here comes Jason at the physique summit, knocking on the door, being like, Hey, guess what motherfuckers, there's another way. And I'm like, Oh wow, this is, this is it. This is the next way. So that's, that's me. I know I have to get way better and that's going to let me do the things that I want to do, which is speak and write books and educate people because, you know, I'm not going to write diets. And the other thing too is, you know, liability goes up, you know, it, as you start to become, you know, multimillionaire and start to become wealthy, which is ultimately what I want to be. I don't know if I want to write diets and, and put people through prep because then you get people that are sue happy. And Jason, you can probably speak on that. You know more about that than anybody. Um, at some point, I want to take a step back from that. So that's, that's just me personally, since you asked. Yeah, I know for me, um, I definitely have a five, 10 year goal. Um, I always coach. I love it. Um, but it won't be as many athletes as I have now. Um, I would love to have maybe 50, um, 40. And, you know, my goal is to keep growing new ethics. Um, but I really love speaking. Like speaking is fun. Like John and I have a blast. We get to meet all these cool people. Um, get to educate, like it's a whole weekend of just like contagious energy. So I want to be doing more of that because we go to cool fucking places and I'll have maybe about 50 people I coach and I'll still be competing. I will compete probably till the wheels fall off. And if that means I'm doing IFBB masters divisions, fine. I am not ready for that. I'm still placing. Um, but fine, that's what I'll be doing. Um, but um, a lot of travel. There's a lot of places I still want to see. Um, I have the financial freedom to kind of do that now, but I don't really have the time. Um, I'm a dad. Um, I, you know, I'm a business owner. I have, you know, lots of people's preps and, and health and different things in my hands. So I see a little more freedom, but I will always coach. I mean, I could see even when I finally want to try to shut it down and someone hits me up and they've got all the potential in the world. I'm not going to say no. So, you know, that's kind of, kind of where I see it. Jason, let me ask you a question, kind of spin off of this. How important is it to you? Or is it something you've ever thought about? Um, you've helped some pretty, pretty well-known people, but would you ever want to like try and become so well-known, especially with new ethics that you start to rub shoulders with some really, really well-known people and become either a coach for them or, or trainer for them or somebody that, works with them. I mean, obviously you guys had huge success with the biggest loser and things of that nature, but are you looking to kind of step into the more of that like really mainstream role as a, as a trainer and coach is, or is that just not really your thing? No, I, 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 that's a good question. Like, do I want to be the next Chris Aceto or anything? Like some of those prep coaches are like that. I, I, I don't, um, at the top, um, people aren't loyal. Um, you know, you have one bad showing with someone or, you know, you have an athlete who, you know, maybe you, you didn't, you know, they, they wanted to maybe stay bigger. And so you said, okay, I'll do it. And then it doesn't work for them. And then they fire you, you know, but if you have someone who is say trying to fight for that national level and you guys make a game plan, it doesn't work. They stick by you. 
I, I like watching people kind of become pros. I don't really have a desire to sit here and have a roster of 20 top Olympians. I just, I just don't. Um, if it happens, cool, but that's not what drives me. Um, I what like, about some of these coaches like, like, you know, Hani has worked with Dwayne Johnson and things of that nature. Does, does any of that appeal to you? Or are you just like, eh, not really. I think if it appealed to me, I would be going to places to rub shoulders with them more. Right. And it just doesn't, like I said, I've never been a fanboy of anyone. Right. Um, I admire people, but usually they're not actors and singers and, and these types of, you know, things like that. Those are, you know um, so no, it really doesn't seem to be something that I'm that interested in. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's just something I was I was kind of curious about. It's kind of interesting to see how successful people are, um, you know, different things that interest them or don't interest them. You know, there's a lot of people that are different. So yeah, good. I, I I like I like passing on the knowledge and seeing people kind of work through the ranks, um, and kind of home grow pros and different things like that. But I'm not really trying to get into the celebrity end of it. Okay. That's a, uh, man, this has been a fun episode. We need to, we need to do more of this. We need to have you guys back on, um, do some more Q and A's and then we'll do a, a Q and A with all of you. So you guys can chime in too. But I think this was kind of a cool one, cool one to kick off. Jason, what do you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. I, uh, I hope the listeners get a lot from it too. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to go ahead and link um, all the coaches here. I'm going to link their email in the show notes so you guys can hit all them up if you have questions for them or you want to check them out for their coaching. And the Turning Pro book, I'm going to link that up in the show notes as well. And of course, Jason's email and mine if you guys want to want to get with us. So um, we really appreciate all of you guys coming on the show and all of you for listening. We hope you have a great Christmas. This is going to drop right before Christmas. So from Jason and myself, Merry Christmas. I don't know if we'll have one out before New Year's. Um, I don't know what your week looks like next week, Jason. We can try and figure something out. but We can take a look. It might be another Monday night recording. It's definitely not going to be a, a Thursday or a yeah. Wednesday. We'll, we'll try and do something fun. But if not, it's been a great 2020 for myself, Jason, and all of our coaches here on the show. We're out of here. Thanks, guys. Yeah.